Welcome to the Mind Body Story Podcast, where we learn and share ways to strengthen and heal our minds and bodies so we can write the best life story possible. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I'm your host, Eric Beach. Welcome to episode 003, which I've entitled How Our Body Writes Our Story. Now, as you're familiar, this, this whole podcast is based on the premise that we own three things in this life. Everything else is borrowed or bought, but it doesn't belong to us. Everything else is perishable. Everything else is temporal, but our minds and bodies we control. And the way we control our minds and bodies writes our story what we put into our minds and bodies, how we use our minds and bodies writes our life story. So we're going to take this and break it down uh, piece by piece over the next couple episodes. And this episode is all dedicated to the body. So we're going to talk about some healthy ways and some not so healthy ways that we may currently be writing our story. So let's get into it. How does the body actually write a story? Why do I even say the body writes our story? Well, the way I like to think about it is to write a story, you need to have some kind of writing implement, whether that's a computer or whether that's a pen and paper. But whatever it is, something has to write the story. Something has to physically move to write this story. So the way I think of it is the body is like the pen that writes our story or the tapping of the computer keys. It's a physical element that moves through space and creates legacy. And I, I think legacy really is the non-tangible story that we create. It's what before they had a written language, story was the legacy of either mythological people or real people. And there were some religions that their whole society was based on, on honor. And the greatest thing you could do is live your life so that when you died, your honor would carry on because there was no afterlife. And so family legacy went from generation to generation. And if you dishonored that, it was a huge deal. So story used to be such an important, powerful force. And I, I think there's a healthy way to bring that back and a healthy way to use that perspective to move forward in a healthy life that is full of contribution and, and fulfillment. And, and the way I see it, there's really two ways that we can write or are currently writing our story with our bodies. One is an active story where our bodies are active and doing things. And the other is an inactive story where we're not really using our bodies to do much of anything. In the military, for instance, I wrote a very physical story. I was using my body. I was very active. And I was doing some things actively, like going to the clubs, getting into fights, um, different things like that that weren't healthy, that weren't like, this is how I want my story to be conveyed for generation to generation. I want everyone to know how awesome I was at partying, how much I could drink. And while I was in the military, I was really writing a physical story, and that continued in some ways after I got out of the military. It kind of was, was a slow de-evolution, if you will, where I went from very physical, you know, those healthy things in the field and, you know, carrying these big rounds for artillery shells and, and all that. But the other side of that physicality was a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. You know, we were really, really out there, uh, and the culture was conducive to a lot of heavy drinking. And there was honor in the ability to drink and who could hold the most liquor without passing out and, and all these things were somehow ways that we bestowed honor amongst each other, which was not a healthy system. But it's something that is, per, is very prevalent in our society that somehow we've taken this ability to party as a way to create legacy or to create some kind of significance or popularity. But popularity is just people that people liking you. You're you're doing whatever it takes to get people to like you, to fit into to to a place, to a to a peer group. But that doesn't mean it's a value to you. So if we shift that 
away from using our physical bodies to party and to engage in debauchery. And I'm not saying that you can't have a time where you let your hair down. But if that's the majority of what we're doing, we're really seeking value in the wrong places. We're writing a story for the wrong audience. And the audience you should be writing for is yourself. Writing your story based on your truth. And when I left the military, I really didn't know what my truth was. So I understand that can be a convoluted term because we we have uh, in Jungian perspective, you have the ego, which is not like the 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 I'm obsessed with myself ego. It's not a narcissistic quality in the Jungian perspective. It was the ego is the conscious mind It's everything in your reality that you see and know to be true, even if it's not true. So that can go to um, paranoid beliefs. You know, that's part of the ego is your worldview says everyone's out to get me. That could be so far from the truth, but because it's your perspective, that's your ego. That's your conscious truth. It's everything you're aware of. Then you have the unconscious mind, which is, is the broader sense of who you are and tapping into that. That's where you find your truth, but you have to be willing to be guided to figure out where those lies are. And we'll get into that when we talk more about how our mind writes our story, but we can absolutely use our bodies to break through some of those barriers. And that's where endurance sport for me and weightlifting from, from Ray Chad and, and different ways of getting active for other people that we'll have on the show in the future has allowed them to take on that challenge of discovering their truth of their authentic self. So we can use physicality to write good or bad stories. And the way you filter that is to look and say, is the way I'm using my body empowering me or is it disempowering? As I wrote my story, my physical story of partying, of, of, uh, of addiction, it wasn't an empowering story. If anything, it could have written a story of a felon. I just never got caught with some of the things that I did. Instead, some of the things I did got me a lot of praise because the group I was associating with honored that as a way to not let themselves question their own use of their mind and body. So it was all a way to foster that community saying that what we're doing is okay. And if I look at Eric and what he just went through as that actually could have gone really south really quickly and maybe we should make a change. I'd rather honor him so that I don't have to change because that's a big ask. That's a scary journey. That's the narrow path. As I'm going through addiction, I always gravitated towards uppers, things that would make me active and interested. Cocaine was this drug that helped me not be tired. It helped me not feel lazy. It prevented me from sitting down and being still. And I wanted to use my body. I wanted to be physical. I had to, I had to keep moving because that was how I viewed my success. And in reality, it was just me blocking out any kind of real truth coming into my mind, anything that would shake me to my core and actually make me move forward and become a better person. And it really didn't do anything for me except allow me to move my body through space and put on a persona or a mask that allowed me to be connected so that I didn't feel the shame of being alone. And the fear of being alone is the fear of death. Because in the wild, when you're physically separated, when your story is that of isolation and shame away from like a wolf pack, if you're a wolf, that's marked for death. Because you're, we're supposed to be in relationship. And so for fear of being, in, being shamed from the group, I found what worked, what I could do, and I would do it so I could maintain connection with the group, even if it was unhealthy. It didn't matter because I was connected and I felt okay. And maybe your story isn't one of, of drug addiction. Maybe it's addiction to food. 
and no matter what the addiction is, it leads to problems in your health. Addiction for food is, is an excellent example. We have so much you know, junk food that's readily available and affordable. And so as we indulge in that, even if we don't think it's an addiction, even if we're just supplementing our diet with this stuff, that I've, I've done this too, because it was easy after a party to get up, go to Taco Bell, get some quesadillas, go to Subway, get a, get a foot long and some chips and a soda. That felt good on the hangover, but it wasn't adding to my health. It wasn't allowing my body to operate at the optimal level. And if we go farther down that road and we write that story by ingesting and putting into our bodies things that are not meant to help us live healthy lives and to function, it's, it's putting in dirty gasoline into a car instead of that jet fuel, that, that racing fuel, that high octane stuff that's going to make us perform and make our body have all it needs to actually go out and do things. If we go down that road, it can actually literally write a story. We've seen it on the news where people have gotten so big that they had to be cut out of their homes and it's on the news. Like that's the story. That's that person's story is, is the person who was cut out of a house at that time. That was the story. And I say that not to say that that is your life story. It's a chapter in it. And I think that's, what's redemptive. That's what's actually gives me hope is that all of the chapters that I've written are previous chapters. And I'm writing this one right now, regardless of what happened in the past, I need to see the, th- the past mistakes that I've made, I need to take the traumas and through mentorship and self-awareness, start to process that stuff in and use that story to empower myself to move forward. Empowering yourself is as simple as addressing that there is a problem and then choosing and finding ways to empower yourself to move forward, sometimes using those very traumas. And that might sound really, really out there, because that's a big thing to unpackage, but I promise we're going to get there. If you stick with it, we're going to get there. And one point that I, I do want to make clear is that I'm not suggesting that if there is a disease present, that if there is a physical illness, that somehow that your story is one you can control. Because stuff does happen. We do live in a world that is not like just pray and you'll be healthy. Just eat this food and you'll be healthy. I, I've met people who have been incredibly healthy, uh, triathletes, just peak physical condition. And at the age of 38, they had a heart attack. And the doctors are like, I have no idea what happened. So this isn't a cure-all that says, if you're having trouble in your life, it's because you um, haven't done all that you need to do. You don't have enough faith in some religion. I remember I, I was a, I had a psychologist and he talked to me. It was about PTSD, of course, because I was in the VA and, and going through this and and. I had had some feedback from some some people uh, in a church that had told me that the reason I had post-traumatic stress disorder, that I had PTSD, was because I didn't pray hard enough, that I, I didn't have enough faith in a God. And my, my therapist had a wonderful way of saying it. He said, the next time someone says that to you and you're nearby, let's say a golf club, just hit him in the shin and then say, did that hurt? And as they're like, going, yeah, you hurt. You hit me with a freaking golf club. Say, oh, well, if you would have just prayed harder, it wouldn't have hurt. You must not have enough faith. Because it's the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an emotional wound. And just praying things away doesn't really change it. Anyway, that's, that's a tangent. Uh, another story for another day. But we can take control of many parts of our stories. And endurance sport, uh, weightlifting, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be long distance course, you know, marathon, ultra marathons. It doesn't have to be Ironman. It doesn't have to be anything long distance. It can just be something 
half hour in the gym, 15 minutes of, of, of calisthenics, whatever it is, there are steps that we can take to move our bodies to get those endorphins, the dopamine dumps, the natural occurring neurotransmitters that are actually um, positive factors. We can, it's Pavlovian, really, when you think about it. We have our own Pavlovian psychological perspective on our head where we're not a dog and there's no ringing bell where every time uh, a dog hears the bell, he gets a treat. And then soon enough, you know, you ring the bell and he's drooling because he's like, I know the bell means that I'm getting a treat. So it's 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 a motivator a, a you stress. It's a positive experience that's being had at the onset of this bell. And so we can do the same thing by moving our bodies or by doing something negative. There is actually scientific evidence that, that shows that anger can be addiction and that when we get angry, there's, there's that same dopamine response that's a positive thing and we feel euphoric. So we have to redirect using our bodies. We can do this. We can redirect what is giving us those positive reinforcements in the neurotransmitters and the neurochemicals. So moving your body will do the same thing. It might be a different neurotransmitter, but the positive feeling is still there. So if I'm out on a run and I feel really crappy, by the end of that run, I usually feel pretty good because I got those neurochemicals and I didn't go to a pharmacy to get it. And as you start to redefine where those, where those neurotransmitters are dumping, what behavior they're rewarding, you start to rewrite your story because now you have some clarity because you've moved your body in a healthy, empowering way. That's the benefit of sport. That really is. And that's why I want people to find their way their way, not my way, their way. And maybe triathlon is, and we'll talk about this whole world of, of athletics to give you options. Maybe that you haven't thought about, but exploring, experimenting, and trying ways to move your body in a healthy way to start redefining the reward. That will help you start to, to write a different story. That will move the pen. That will type the keys in a different way than it is currently. So triathlon connected me to the missing physicality in a safe way. Cocaine didn't do that. I was writing a story using my body and what I was putting into it in cocaine to write a story of an addict, of a burnout, of a victim. But it gave me the physicality. It rose my heart rate. And I felt vibrant and alive and, and motivated. And it was all a lie. It was a myth because it was chemically induced. But when I found triathlon, I found the same feeling of physicality where I felt empowered that I was strong, but this time it was a naturally occurring process inside my body. I wasn't putting anything into it to change that. Now I was eating cleaner and healthier and that definitely impacted the weight loss. It impacted my ability to move with less pain so that, yeah, I was putting stuff in my body that was helping, but instead of putting an illicit drug in my body, I was putting the natural occurring chemicals. Those were the ones I wanted to connect with. Those are the ones that empowered me to write a better story. And it helped me understand that I didn't need to be FBI. I didn't need to be CIA. I didn't need to be a security contractor. I didn't need to be special forces to regain that sense of physicality. And that was like, there was a tremendous freedom in that because I had something, something healthy that was helping me understand me and why I hurt the way I hurt. And I started to write a story of an athlete. And as I did that, I learned that I could fight. And so I started fighting for good things. Not because I was offended, but because I wanted to live. I started fighting for myself. Instead of fighting for my family, I fought for myself because that story, fighting for other people all the time, that's martyrdom. Sacrificing yourself for the happiness of others. It's not sustainable. That story has a bad ending. But using your body to move, to heal, 
you understand that as you love yourself, you're far more capable of loving other people. I'm not perfect, but I guarantee the story that I'm writing with my body, getting physical, has allowed me to love my family better. And sometimes that means getting out of their way and saying, I support you in this. Go go do this thing that is allowing you to feel healthy. I tell my wife to, to go to physical therapy or to um, these other things that are helping her heal her own body and mind. And I wouldn't have been able to do that because before it was all about me. And there there is a time where you really need to invest in yourself. And so they can't do those things when you're healing from post-traumatic stress. And thank God Jenna understood that and allowed me that time and space. But when the time came where I felt like, wow, I get it now. I'm writing a different story. I could then allow her to go. And that has helped our marriage immensely. So feeling strong, feeling confident in who you are and not in some persona you're trying to maintain impacts everything you do. Even posture, physical posture, how you sit impacts your mind, impacts the story. That might be one of the one of the best examples of how the pen is the body in the story writing process. I can right now slouch in my chair. I can loosen my face. I can take some slow breaths. I can stare at a point at the screen and and I can feel depressed. I could probably cry if I tried a little bit harder. But I'm physically putting my body in a position and my mind's following. Our body knows what to do in this posture. And I can take a deep breath and I can sit up straight. I can flex my muscles a little bit. I can smile. (laughs) I can give a little laugh. I can open my eyes wide and look around and move a little bit. And I can change the way my mind is feeling because our bodies and minds gets really good at running in the same pattern over and over. And if you'll notice, whenever you're depressed or sad or or feeling this way, your body will do certain things. If you watch people when they cross their arms uh, and they get uncomfortable, it's a physical response and an emotional one. If you're going to heal, slouching in the chair, not making eye contact will keep you stuck in that place of depression. So physically changing your body, even without physically changing your body, the way you sit, stand, when you have certain feelings coming, will help you navigate those things. That will be enough to hopefully get you out and on that run that you're putting off because you're starting to feel pretty bad about yourself. Physically changing the way your posture is literally changes from chicken scratch writing to cursive. It does. It might seem like it doesn't, but it directly impacts the mind. And the mind we'll talk about next week because usually the mind motivates the body to write the story. It can control what the hand is doing because the brain tells the hand what to do. But when I got into training, into triathlon, it switched that around and it had to for a little while. And some of you are in that same spot where your mind is telling your, telling your hand what to do and is writing a pretty disempowering story. But if we take our power back, if we shift it and change that around and we say, I'm going to move my body to move my mind. I'm going to move my body so I can journey inward because the benefit is physique changing the psyche. I have to empower myself because right now I'm stuck in a rut and I can't break it unless something changes. And that something is moving your body, is changing your posture to stop your mind being the sole source of writing this disempowered story and realizing that it is imprisoned and the only way to break out of prison is to physically bend the bars and break out 
so that all of those voices inside of you that have been exiled for so long can get out of prison. That's how you give them voice and that's when real healing occurs. But we first have to break them out of prison and that's a physical effort. Change your posture, change your rhythm, change your routine, add in some physicality and I promise the pen that writes your story will change what's being written. And the story is not over, it's chapter after chapter after chapter. I've written so many that I'm not proud of, but they're all chapters in this book that at the end of my life, based on what I put into my mind and my body, how I use my mind and my body, I'll be damn proud of that story because it's mine and I took control and it started for me with a physical effort. So next week, we're going to talk about the mind and how the mind writes the story. So make sure you come back because I want you to get the whole balance of this mind-body writing the story. And then we'll go into story, what the story is, how you balance those two. Because sometimes you can be stuck focused on mind and sometimes you can be stuck focused only on the body. And I've been in that position for a long time too. And I'm just really trying to figure this out, flesh it out, and share it with you guys because we're all writing stories. And we're going to help you write the best one possible. But it's an individual journey. And I'm so thankful to be on it with you. And that's going to do it for today. We'll catch you next week. And until next time, journey well, my friends. This podcast is presented by Project Echelon, the nonprofit that races for veterans and helps them heal through endurance sport and self-discovery. Oh.